What are we going to do about it? Are, are we intentionally looking for the lost? Are we comfortable with having friends that know Jesus, but having no friends that don't? Are we intentionally praying for the lost in the community? Are we intentionally praying for those in, in maybe our family or someone else's family that may be lost without Jesus? Are, are you being intentional in the motives that you have in life? Are you being intentional in the witness that you have towards others? Are others seeing Christ in you other than Sundays? Now, in, in, in Mark chapter 16, the context is pretty simple. He had died. He had been raised from the dead. He appears in, this, in front of these disciples, and he was giving this great commission call. You can read this also in Matthew 28, uh, 18 through 20. You can read uh, just the, it's the same message, but it says this, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and lo, I will be with you always and forever. He's sending them out as he told them time and time again. In church, every Sunday, it's like a great commission for me. Let's send you out. Let's send you out to do what we are called to do. He's saying, I've given you everything that's in the tool belt. Everything that I know you have in your hands. You've got the gospel in you. When you go from village to village, when you go from house to house, I will be with you because the Holy Spirit is going to be inside of you because that's what I'm leaving you. He's saying, it's okay if you don't know what to say because I will give you the words to say and I will give you their language if it's needed. What a powerful statement. Have you ever shared Jesus with somebody, and after it was over, you're like, I have no idea what I just said. That happens every Sunday for me when I preach. I don't remember what I preach. Very, very uh, rarely will I remember the three points that I give you on Sunday. Okay? Because most of the time, it's just straight from God. When I prepare week after week after week, I just write what God tells me to write. I pin it on paper. And this is the thing. Like when you share Jesus with somebody and you're doing it and you are in the Spirit, most likely you're not going to remember much that you say. I can remember the first person I led to Jesus. And I can remember his name and that's about it. Because the Holy Spirit took over. Just a, a few weeks ago, we had somebody in our church lead somebody to Jesus. I don't, I don't tell you everything, but we had somebody in our church lead somebody else to Jesus at his work. At his work. And he said, Thomas, I have no idea what I said to him. I was like, then you were in the spirit, man. That's great news. That's good stuff. And so here, here we are, a, a powerful statement that Jesus gives, the comfort that knowing God's going to take care of us. But the question is, where are we going? Where is God leading us? What is God leading us to? So I want to share a few things with you today. And the first is this, going takes the focus off of ourselves. Going takes the focus off of ourselves. You don't see Jesus telling the disciples it's about them in this passage. You don't, you don't, you don't see him mention them other than you're going to go and you're going to tell. He doesn't say just go do your things, go focus on your families, go focus on you. What he says is go into the world and focus on people. 
Church, if I could tell you anything today that we could grasp in this message, it's to go into your community and focus on people. Go to that neighbor that you have a relationship with and focus on them. Go to that person that you've been inviting and you've been telling and focus on them. Go into the community right around here in the church and focus on people. Go through our everyday routines and focus on people. Make the gospel a priority in the lives of others and yourself. Do you know when God started working on me really hard in ministry? It's when we were in Grundy, and uh, I, I spent a lot of time in the office. Like, I was, I was, I was, I don't know, it was one of those things that was expected of me to be in that office eight to five, nine to five every day. And finally, after about three months, I went to my deacon board. I was like, church, I ain't getting, I ain't getting nothing accomplished for the church sitting in here and writing a sermon. I'm done by like Tuesday or Wednesday. <laughs> um, I'm done for the whole week. Like, what am I supposed to do with the rest of my time? So I, I was like, I need permission to go outside of my office. Like, I know this is what your previous pastors have done, but it ain't working for me. Like, I'm a people person. I'm closing myself inside a door all day, and I know people are welcome to come talk to me, but they're not coming, so let me go to them. And I tell you, when when I grasped the whole entire uh, thing of ministry that I was going to put the focus off of me, hey, I can write a sermon in my house. I can write a sermon in, in, in the living room if I have to. And I was going to focus my eight-to-five day that, that most people work on other people. Then I started seeing things work. And so when we planted the church, like, my office stayed the, the pretty much the utility room, junk room in Spencer for two years. Like, everything that we put out was in my office. If you go in my office now back here, it's practically the same thing. I have my desk cleared off if I need to sit down, if I need to do some stuff, I will but listen, like, I set up camp at the coffee shop. And by the way, y'all pray for me, it's closed right now. Um, I haven't been able to go in like two weeks. Uh, the the drive through is open, but it's not the same, y'all. Like, it's not the same. And so I, I set up camp where I feel like people are at because I believed investing in people is where it's at in ministry. Like, look, you're not going to see lost people saved if we sit behind a desk. We're not going to see lost people saved if we don't get relationships with others. It's just not how it works. I, I remember working in the grocery store. Like, I couldn't go 20 seconds without talking to somebody. Like, I, I, it was just part of, my, part of my DNA, part of my personality. Tiffany will tell you I will talk to that brick wall and argue with that brick wall until I win if I have to. Like, I talk. I talk a lot. It's what I do. Hey, as a pastor, it's probably 90% of my job is to talk. And so we've got to take the focus off of us. And it feels good to put the focus off of us. I shared with you before, and I'll, I'll share with you again. It isn't cross life doing the work. It isn't, it isn't the church. It's God doing the work through us. And he gets the glory, not us. When we have the mindset, it takes the pressure off of us so that we can be used. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't say keep it within yourself. He doesn't say it's your gospel and yours only. He says take the focus off self and preach the gospel to others. So we've got to stay on mission. 
Know that God will go before you. He's going to walk beside you. He's going to stand behind you. And, and he's going to push you or nudge you until you say yes. Hey, Dalen Oaks said this. Sharing the gospel is not a burden, but it is a joy. Sharing the gospel is not a burden, but it is a joy. One person said this. In order to take your focus off yourself, it is to put your focus on God. He should be your focus every day. And some of us are learning as we grow in our spiritual walk. Uh, some have learned this from past experience. Keeping the focus off self allows God to move freely in us. And I think sometimes we forget that. In the Bible and, and through the ministry of Jesus, we, we very uh, rarely see Jesus and his disciples focusing on self. You don't see it a lot. Unless Jesus was sitting around a table with them and teaching them something. It was always on others. He knew the value of not focusing on self, but putting the focus on other people. And I believe this morning we could all agree that it just feels good to do things for others. I, I believe we can we could agree on that. In November, as I told you, we're going to have a chance to do uh, what we will call Love Rowan. Uh, typically, what we have done the last couple of years is we did Love Spencer. That's where we were at. Uh, so we, we focused on that city. God has given us a heart for the county. And so we're going to call this Love Rowan. And, and I'm going to put another uh, piece of that in there, uh, Tommy and Felicia and Lindsay. I'm going to call it Serve Week. Let's call it Serve Week. And, and what we're going to do is, is practically starting that Sunday morning, we'll have something to do. And then we'll have projects Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. If you remember last year, I did uh, a big thing on social media um, where we gave, I mean, we were giving out gift cards left and right on social media, uh, doing some drawings and stuff. We'll have that going on. Uh, but what we plan to do is like Monday morning, we'll send a team out. You'll have some sign-ups. You can sign up for what you want to do. Monday morning, people will go out. Monday night, if you have to work during the day, if you want to sign up for a project Monday night, boom, project. Tuesday, project, project. Wednesday, project, project. And this is going to be projects all week long so that we can serve our community well. And then on Saturday, I think we're going to plan something huge on the grounds here at the church. And so y'all be looking forward to that. I, 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 I didn't write the date down. It's November the, I think it starts November the 7th, week of November the 7th, um, November the 7th. So y'all pray about that. Uh, the Lord's going to use that mightily. Usually we only do one day. We do like a four-hour four thing, um, but this time we feel, we feel compelled to do a whole week of projects. Second this morning, we can see that going allows us to see lives changed. Going allows us to see lives changed. People... People ask me all the time, what keeps you going in ministry? I'll tell you, when I see lives changed. Um, when, when somebody else gets pointed to the gospel, it makes it all worth it. Every time another gets saved or a, another life is changed, that is fuel to my fire to keep me going. The more we go, the more we share, the more we invite, the more we pray, the more we study, the more that we will see lives changed in this community. It'll be fuel to the fire. Hey, and I always tell new believers, wait until that first person visits the church that you invited. 
you're going to want to get another one. Wait till the second one invites somebody that you didn't invite. It will be fuel to the fire. Wait till that person that you invited to church gets saved or his kids get saved. It will be fuel to your fire to keep going. Church, you've got to find the ignition for your fire. And whatever that is, whatever it looks like, but here's the problem in it. When we don't go, when we don't share, we miss the blessing of seeing lives change. He doesn't need us to see lives change. He, he tells us he doesn't need us. God can do it all by himself. He doesn't need me to preach. He can use somebody else. He doesn't, he doesn't have to use anybody else. He can convict them in the way that he wants to convict them because he's God and I'm not. But he wants us to accomplish the plan just as he did with the disciples in the early church. Think about how hard it was for him. Hey, here, here's the disciples going out from city to city. Most of these guys were going to go plant churches. They were going to go back to their homelands and try to get their families on board. But think about how hard it must have been for them. Because nobody else had really heard the name of Jesus out there. Yeah, the villages that they had went to, the multitudes that Jesus had preached to, all of those things had happened, and those people knew about Jesus, but the whole world hadn't heard him yet. They didn't know it, so here's the disciples taking it back to their homelands, and most of these people probably had never heard the name of Jesus. It was going to be difficult. Church, we live in America right now, where probably 95% of people that live here have heard the name of Jesus. We've just got to win them. And maybe they'll say, well, I've been hurt by the church. Many of you could say, well, I have to. Or somebody might say, I've been to church before, but I don't see the need for it. Well, you know, I've been in those shoes too. Or maybe you could say, well, I, I, don't, I don't know what draws me to go to church, but I can tell you there's a family across Life Church that drew me to church because it was a different way. Look, I, I love I love our family here. Like we, it, it's a unique style. Um, it's it's nothing for you to to drive by at nine twenty nine thirty in the morning and there's ten of us standing out on the concrete pad ready to greet people. I've never been to a church like that before. Uh, it, it's amazing. You come inside and 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 you, you you're met by a greeter who's who's smiling who who wants to see you. And we make you family from the time you walk in. And that's what it's all about. Okay? And it fuels our fire when, when, when a, a new visitor walks through the door. It fuels the fire. It fuels my fire to say, hey, we got somebody new. It's good stuff. Not only do we see lives change when we go though we we see that sin can be conquered through that we see putting uh people turning away from their sin to to be rescued by by jesus i, I don't know what it is today but the world has become socially acceptable to sin have you noticed that like like the world is okay with sin like it used to be like if i did something wrong like it i didn't get to go home that night and now it's just socially acceptable like hey that's great you're living in sin. I am too. Cool. Let's shake on it. Like that, that's how it is today. I, I see people laugh at sin. Uh, I, I see people not taking it serious. 
not taking life serious. And it used to be we would get called out. Like I used to have a group of friends that, that knew if I was doing something wrong, they'd call me out. Now it's like, hey, will you join me? Hey, will, will, will you do this? And we need to have the mindset that when we go, we have the chance to see somebody rescued from their sin, to see someone become new. We need to have the mindset that someone is going to get saved through us and, and all lives will be changed through it. I read a statistic this week that, that really like shook me. 65% of relationships today are people living together. Like, when I was growing up, that was the no-no. Like, you, could, you weren't supposed to do that. And now it's socially acceptable. Hey, the average age that a person is starting to have relations with another woman is 13 years old. 13 years old. At 13, church, I didn't know the, 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 the butterflies and the Bee Gees or whatever they call it. Like, <laughs> trying to keep it PG today, okay? Didn't know anything about that at 13, okay? It's, it's crazy in the world that we live in today, and it's become socially acceptable. But when we go, we get to meet people that are broken. And not only do we get to meet people that are broken, we get to meet people that we can help put back together. And they're put back together through Jesus. Church, it's important that we go. It's important, like, like Tuesday nights, with, with our youth leaders reaching these youth, like, to me, it's one of our most important nights of the week, if not the most important night of the week. Because these, these kids... They're going through stuff that, that we never had to go through when we were their age. Those leaders that are uh, pouring into these kids' lives. Like, y'all pray for them because they're coming up with some, some hard topics of discussion that, that they're going to have to hit on. And, and, and hopefully we see teenagers' lives broken through that. We see lives changed. If you come by on Tuesday nights, like that fellowship hall is packed with teenagers. Somebody asked me yesterday, how many teenagers y'all got? I don't, I don't even know anymore. Um, 13, to, 13 to 18, if everybody shows up, maybe even in the 20s if, if everybody comes these days. Like, it's growing every week. New, a new one came this past Tuesday night. And, and it's all coming from our teenagers inviting teenagers. It's all about them going out and sharing, hey, come to youth group with me. Your life can be changed. Hey, you want to hang out with me on Tuesday night? Great, but you're coming to church with me. That's what, that's what I would say that the people, if they want to hang out with me on Sunday, then they can come to church with me on Sunday. Come, come hang out on Sunday, and, and I'll, I'll buy you lunch. That's been my pitch to people. Like, you come, I'll buy you lunch. You come, I'll spend time with your family, and I'll do life with you. You know, that's what it's all about. Number three today, and I'll, I'll make it quick. Going helps us fulfill the Great Commission. Going helps us fulfill the Great Commission. There's nothing more satisfying in the life of a believer when you go out to fulfill this Great Commission. You've, you've probably heard it before. The church is not the building. It's the people. There's nothing more that 
fires me up as a pastor and as a, a leader to see the church activate itself outside the walls. You know, we, we can focus on here if we want to, but eventually that inwardly focus will catch up to us. But if we activate ourselves outside the walls and we put the gospel outside the walls, then I think you're going to see the mission go. And church, the, the building in here may never fill up, but the gospel will be carried out out there. You know, serve week. We're going to impact a lot of people that week. A lot of people. And we may not see one of those come to Christ in our church building, but they may come to Christ out of our church building. And it makes it all worth it. It makes it all worth it. This is, this is when community takes place. It's when lives are changed. It's when churches get planted. It's when the focus goes off of us, as we mentioned earlier. It's, it's when we complete the mission projects, when we see the salvation take place in the workplace. And, and this is when people become more like Jesus. It's when block parties can happen. Backyard Bible clubs can take place. Cookouts can happen. Mission trips, the list goes on and on and on. And if you study Jesus and you study the ministry that he had, you'll see the Great Commission just unfold in his life and in the disciples. They already knew the Great Commission when he gave it to them. They already knew what their job was. They needed to be reminded. Hey, just like a lot of us sometimes, I need to be reminded of things. Hey, I, I realized this morning, I looked at my calendar, I got a meeting Monday, I got a meeting Tuesday, I got a meeting Thursday. I forgot about Tuesday and Thursday. Like, we need to be reminded. So guess what? There's reminders in my phone for a reason. So if I was going to miss a meeting Tuesday, I would have got a, a ring at 7 a.m. to say, hey, you got this meeting today. So we need to be reminded of things. It's something that they had practiced over and over and over you know, it was nothing new for them. They did it for three and a half years when they were with Jesus. He, he practically just reiterated whatever that was that they had done and they had already completed. He pretty much says, don't forget the basics. Don't forget your roots. Don't forget where you came from. Don't forget why you exist. It's to go and make disciples. It's to raise people up. It's to see people saved. It's to baptize them and to teach them as I have taught you. But in order for you to do that, you've got to faithfully preach and teach. In order for you to do that, you've got to live it out. In order for you to do that, you can't sugarcoat it for the other. Tell them about the real life that uh, you've had to live to follow me. It isn't going to be easy, but it's going to be worthwhile. Has anybody had an easy life as a believer? Has anybody in this place ever just said, man, the Christian life is a piece of cake? If so, I want to stand in your shoes. Like, can I have your shoes? Because it's difficult. The more you get out there, the more you tell, the more you're probably going to get hurt. But my plea to you is to keep going. Because I can promise you, you might knock on 50 houses and not one of them respond. You may invite 50 people over a text or a phone call and not one of them come. But maybe that 51st will. And you've got to keep the burning passion inside of you that somebody will say yes. But my question to you today is have you said yes? Have you said, yes, Lord, I will do this? Yes, Lord, I will invite. 
Yes, Lord, I will be a part of Bible study. Yes, Lord, I will be a part of worship. Yes, Lord, I will make it a priority in my life this week. Have you said, yes, Lord? Hudson Taylor said this, The Great Commission is not an option to be considered, but it is a command to be obeyed. So church, all I can say to you this morning is let's go. And let's do it. Let's let every man, woman, boy, and girl hear the gospel in this community. Let's make it a point to go house to house, inviting people to the family of Cross Life. Let's swarm the local business sector and let them know that there is a church that cares about them. There is a church that loves them. There is a church that has not abandoned them. That there is a church that wants them. There is a church that wants to embrace them. And there is a church that loves them. Because so many times I hear, the church doesn't love me anymore. The church doesn't want me there anymore. Well, church, we want them. We want them all. I don't care who it is. I don't care what their background is. We want them all. And we want to point them to Jesus. We need to let every health care worker, every police officer, every fireman, every paramedic know that Jesus loves them. And we do too. Let's let all the schoolhouses in Rowan County know that they have a friend in Cross Life and that they can rely on Cross Life Church. Let's fulfill the Great Commission one life, one person at a time. And if I can close in any way such as this, let's share the gospel. Let's share the gospel. Let's share the gospel of Jesus. If I can have our GO team leaders come up, Lindsay, Felicia, and Tommy, I ask you to join me on the platform like I've done the last couple of weeks. And and these three are, are really like they're gonna be the wheels to the church. Okay, like they're they're on it. They're they're keeping me on my toes already. Like uh we had a meeting um two weeks ago, I guess. Maybe a week and a half ago. And and we started planning out the the rest of the year. <laughs> and and these three have already started planning for next year. Uh already have ideas oozing out of their brains for next year. And that's why we did it. A new new blood, new life. All three of these have come into the church within the past nine months. And uh, the Lord is the Lord's going to use them. But they need our prayers. They need our prayers a big time because they have a big job. They're going to help us go out and fulfill the Great Commission. All of the mission projects is going to help us fulfill the Great Commission. So we need to pray for soundness. We need to pray for clarity as we go into uh, our villages, what, what would be our villages, our communities, and share Jesus with them. We need to be praying for the Appalachian Backpack Project that one of those backpacks that somebody gets in their hands this year will be from Cross Life Church and they will know that there's somebody that loves them because they don't get a lot of love. Serve Week, Christmas, New Year's, all of this stuff, big, big project coming up, Trunk or Treat, October the 30th, is going to be the wheels of the GO team, and we need to cover these leaders in prayer as they lead you. And I told them on, at the meeting, I believe, that it's not them, it's the church. Like, it's your team that's going to be the wheels. We're just going to help create the ideas. So I want to pray over them. And uh, they're going to need your help. They're going to they're gonna set up a meeting here in the next week or two and uh, have conversation with you. And then uh, after I pray, we'll have our invitational time. So let's pray with them. 
Lord, uh, we, we thank you. God, I, I pray for Lindsay. I pray for Tommy. I pray for Felicia. God, that you would anoint them with your gospel. That you would put shoes on their feet that they are ready to go. Lord, that we would not get tired, that we would not burn out, but Lord, that we would have the wills to keep going and going. Lord, we know that there's several projects that are coming up. Lord, we pray specifically for October the 30th. We pray as we have this trunk or treat and in, in, in this community that, God, it would be a safe event, but also that you would send people our way that have never heard the gospel. Lord, we pray for Serve Week. We pray as we impact people, as we impact neighbors and we impact communities and, and, and businesses, God, that we would flood it with your name. Not cross life, but your name. Lord, through that we pray lives to be saved. Lives to be transformed. Lord, we, we, we pray right now that the Appalachian Backpack Project that we have going on, Lord, you would help us hit that goal of 50. Lord, that you would, you would help us exceed that goal of 50. And as these backpacks go out to these kids who are much less fortunate than we are, I pray that they will know that there is a Savior that loves them, a Savior that wants them, a Savior that, that wants to save them. Lord, we pray for the holiday season that's coming up. We've got Veterans Day. We've got Thanksgiving. We've got Christmas. Huge opportunities for witness. Huge opportunities to let people know about Jesus. And Lord, this team will carry that out. So God, I pray that you put people behind them, that you fill their team with people that have the burning passion to go, to help fulfill the things that we we're ready to do, Lord. We, we've done so many Go projects already this year because of this team. So God, help us work together. Help us have clear thoughts. Help us come up with new ideas to reach. Help us reach the schools. Help us reach those firemen and those police officers and those, all those first responders, the hospitals. Lord, they need your love during this time. They need your touch. And Lord, most importantly right now, I pray that you would put the wheels on all of our feet to go. So God, let's go. Let's answer that call to go and to simply share your name with others. In these things we ask in your precious and holy name, Jesus. Amen. You don't need to see it. Thank you. During this invitational time, my, my prayer is that you would respond. That you would respond to go. The worship team comes forward, and if you need, um, if you need to come to the altar to pray, if you need somebody to talk to, I'll be down here. Maybe you need to pray in your seat. Maybe, maybe today you've come and you don't know this Jesus that we keep talking about. But you need to respond to Jesus. If that's you, will you come? Would you give your heart to him? Y'all stand with us. This song's going to be Build My Life.
are clear. I'm just going to ask Amber just to play, play quietly and uh, let the Lord continue to work. We, we've got some praying at the altar still, and I don't want to interrupt what God is doing, and we don't want to interrupt uh, His movement of the Spirit. So uh, we'll give it a couple of more minutes. Thank you for responding. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your awesome and amazing works that you have done here at Cross Life Church today. God, the hearts that have been touched, the lives that have been changed for the better. Lord, the tears that have been shed, Lord, it's not a bad thing. Sometimes to shed those tears and to get it out. Lord, what we have experienced today is an overwhelming presence to you. And so, God, right now, I just pray that you would continue to work even as this service closes, that your spirit would just continue to swarm among us. As we go out the doors, as we cross that threshold, that we understand that we are on mission, that this is the lifeblood of the church. This is everything on the line that it's not about us, that it's all about you, that it's not about us, that it's all about your gospel. It's not about us. It's all about lives being changed and being transformed because of you. So God, help us understand that. Help us engrave that in our hearts and in our minds as we go this week. Lord, we don't have to wait till the middle of November to go. We can go today. We can go to that neighbor. We can go to that loved one. God, we just pray that you would use us.
you would use us for your glory. In all of these things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you, worship team. and uh, Thank you. Thank you as a congregation.